As always, it's an honor to be able to stand here behind the pulpit. Can we show our pastor some love this morning? <laughs> yes. It, it don't get no better than that one. With a pastor like we have, it's hard to feel like you should be standing here. It's like getting steak most Sundays, but then you throw in a cheeseburger every now and then. But sometimes a good cheeseburger hits the spot. So here we are, okay? He'll be back up here next week if you're a first-time guest. He'll be back, and you can get the filet mignon, all right? <laughs> so this morning, I want to challenge your faith a little bit. Uh, the title of my message is Little Faith, You Thought. And I want to talk about this morning, we've all heard the the Bible verse, faith the size of a mustard seed, right? We've all heard all it takes to move mountain is tiny faith. And that's how we, we pull up that verse. How many of you have ever seen a mustard seed? A few of you? handful of you? All right, for the ones that haven't, I've got a treat for you. I've, I've put them to work this morning. I could have done this in a lot of different ways, but I wanted to give them part of this. Y'all go ahead and, and, and pass those out. I wanted to put them to work, all right? I've got some mustard seeds for you this morning. So as they pass those out, I want to read the verse to you. In Matthew 17 and 20, and this is Jesus talking. It says, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, I want you to notice, I did not say anything about the size of a mustard seed. I don't know why we pulled that out. Some of you, listen, there were, there were mustard seeds all over the youth room, okay? And I know we have floods sometimes, Pastor, and the water gets in, so we may have trees growing in the middle of the youth room and the sanctuary at some point. I apologize. But it's just going to be a representation of, of <laughs> what the church is about if we have little trees growing in the middle of the room. It'll be perfect, okay? I'm doing a little redecorating this morning, all right? Now, a few translations of this verse do say size of a mustard seed. But most translations that are direct translations from the original text say as a mustard seed are likened unto a mustard seed. And even if you're old school and you like the King James, okay, and it's the one and true only variation and Jesus was walking around Jerusalem talking poetic old English, then you're still in luck. Because the King James Version also says, as a grain of a mustard seed. When I say as something, what does that mean? If I tell you to be like something, what, if, if I tell you to be as somebody or like somebody, what does that mean? I think we can all agree that a mustard seed is small. But why stop there? As something means with similar characteristics. If I picked out a random person in this room and I said, I want you to be like this person. I want you to be like Scott, but you don't know anything about Scott. If you don't know anything about Mr. Scott, how can you be like him? How can you be as him? 
Are you going to pick one characteristic? Mr. Scott, would you stand up for me, please? <laughs> I like it. Okay. The one characteristic. We're going to go with tall. <laughs> if you could pick one characteristic and I say, be like Mr. Scott, I'm going to be tall. That's, that's the equivalent of what we've done with this verse. When we, it says, be as this, we pick one characteristic out of that and we say, that's what we're going to go with? Why stop there? Now, I doubt out of the hands that were raised earlier, out of the hands that were raised earlier, let's do this. How many have ever seen a mustard plant or a mustard bush? That's more than I expected, maybe 10 of you. Okay, so most of us haven't seen a mustard plant. How do you know how to be like it if you know absolutely nothing about it? Can you give me any info about the mustard seed? Can you give me any info about a mustard plant? Now, we may have some farmers in here that have planted a mustard seed, but I would say as a whole, we've taken this verse and we've just hit surface level. We haven't dug deep. If several translations say as a mustard seed, how are we supposed to know how to shape our faith if we know nothing about it? Because I know a mustard seed is small, but if we look deeper into it, and it's even a possibility that he wasn't just talking about size, then what does my faith need to look like? How should it look? Yes, a mustard seed is small, but I don't think we stop there. See, the Bible is never just surface level. You gotta read deeper. Jesus, how did Jesus speak? He spoke in illustrations and he spoke in parables that were complex and deep and simple all at the same time. Where at one stage in your life, a parable could mean one thing to you the one year, the very next stage of your life, and when you're in a different portion of a life stage and events have taken a place, that same verse can mean something completely different. It can take on completely new and different meaning. Why? That's why it's called the living word of God. It's always fresh and new and on time for whatever you're facing in life. The same things that you may have read yesterday may not mean what it, the same thing to you today where you're at today. So I want to look at some of the qualities of a mustard seed this morning. What are some of the qualities of a mustard seed? Hold your mustard seeds up. Everybody got their mustard seed? It's hard to hold on to, ain't it? You got to concentrate the whole service to hold on to that tiny little thing. It's keeping you awake. That was my goal. Nobody can fall asleep holding that. If I find a bunch of mustard seeds in the floor, that's going to be a good gauge to know how I did because I know half of you went to sleep and dropped your mustard seed. <laughs> Pastor, <laughs> Pastor, let me know how many mustard seeds we, we vacuum up. So the first one I want to look at is resiliency. Your faith needs to be resilient. This is something most people don't know about a mustard seed. Mustard seeds can grow in cool climates. Mustard seeds can glow, grow in warm climates. Mustard seeds can grow in desert climates and in wet climates. One article that I read said that a mustard seed can grow just about anywhere you plant it, regardless of its environment. 
and it can survive on as little as eight inches of water per year. Mm. It finds a way to move forward. Ooh. I know some Christians that lose their faith when the AC and the heat ain't on in the church. We've been called to be resilient. Not everybody gets to be a casual Christian. Some Christians in the world, they have to beg and barter and plead just to get a hold of God's word. And they have to hide in remote places just to get to worship him. But we lose our seat to a newcomer and we're looking for a new church. Mm. It's time to grow up and get some resiliency in your faith and in your walk with God. Because it's not about your outside environment. You should be able to grow and survive and thrive no matter what the environment like is like around you. My environment doesn't dictate my walk with God. My environment and the things that have been going on in my life and the things that the devil have brought against me and the things he's bringing, they're not shaping my walk with God because I'm gonna walk with him and I'm gonna do for him regardless of how beat up and how beat down I am. You gotta be resilient. If you took, I read a study, it said that if you took a cinder block and you sat it out, and poured some mustard seed on top and you watered it. At some point, that mustard seed would begin to sprout and take root in the pores of that cinder block and begin to grow on the block. It doesn't wait for optimal conditions to make something happen. Mm. It takes root in whatever condition it's placed in and it moves forward. I wish we had some Christians whose faith would thrive and flourish and take root no matter what at the atmosphere around them felt like and dictated. Some people who would stand up and say, everything in it isn't perfect, but it's time. Time to grow and to move forward and to produce fruit even though the soil isn't just right, even though I'm not getting the right sunlight every day, even though the rain hasn't fallen in a long time, even though everything isn't perfect, my time is now and I refuse to stay dormant and locked up in that tiny little shell. I'm gonna move forward and I'm gonna pull out the callings that God has placed in my life. It's time to grow up and be resilient just because you didn't get the praise that you thought you should do, you didn't get the recognition that you thought you should have, you didn't get the place, you didn't get the levels, you didn't get all these things that you in the flesh you thought you should have, you're backing up. The mustard seed said it's time to go and it grows. Does your faith have that kind of resiliency? Or do when you pray and it don't happen right then you fall apart? Or when a drought hits, you begin to falter because the, because the provision isn't there right then. Maybe your checking account don't look like it should. Maybe all these things that you think should ha be happening in your life aren't there. The mustard seed don't care. And you, as humans, we're like, Lord, I don't understand. Lord, where are you? God, where, I feel like you've left me. Mustard seed faith doesn't matter because the atmosphere doesn't dictate its growth. It says, I'm gonna grow regardless of what's going on around me. Some of us wanna be like, Lord, I don't have what this person has. 
Lord, my family wasn't blessed like that family. Lord, my genes aren't like theirs. I can't be tall like Mr. Scott. Mm. A mustard seed, it doesn't worry about all the negatives. It doesn't wait for perfect conditions. It just roots itself firmly and says that I will become what I'm expected to be regardless of what the environment throws at me. The atmosphere around you should not dictate your faith as a mustard seed, not the size of a mustard seed. The next one is one of my favorites. A mustard seed plant. Some of y'all, y'all need to pay attention, especially youth right here. Some of y'all need to listen. A mustard seed plant is not bothered or distracted by pests. Ooh. See, a mustard plant has its own built-in toxins that act as its own pesticide. A mustard seed doesn't worry about all the little bugs coming in and all these little things that distract it and destroy it. It says, I am rooted in my faith and now I've got the, what it takes to get all this nonsense out of my life and I'm not worried about what this person says and what that person says and what's going on right now. It's not bothered by all these, th all these things. In some vineyards, they will actually plant mustard underneath the grapevines as a natural defense for the grapes. Whoo! Now I could preach just on that, but I, I'm, that's not part of it. I, I could preach just on that one. How many people could you be acting as a natural defense for if you would just stand up in your faith and be what God's called you to be? How many people would you be standing the, in the gap for if you were being who you were called to be? They plan it as a natural defense for others because the grapes can't fend for themselves, but the mustard seed... Now, it's somebody. I love that one. Some of y'all are so swayed by the pest around you that you can't function. I'm not going to let others affect my walk with God. I'm not going to let distractions keep me from God. Some of y'all have let the devil put all these little outside influences into your life that keep you bound and distracted. But God is saying, it's time to cut those things out and begin to keep the main thing the main thing. God should be a priority in your life. And anything that hinders you is a pest that needs to be destroyed and kept out of your garden. Matthew 6, it says, seek ye first. What? It's the kingdom of heaven and all these other things that will be added unto you. But some of y'all chasing all the things. Some of y'all so worried about your job and your finances and all these other things and you're chasing after these things when God's like, if you would just chase me and put me first, which is simple, I got you on all the rest. We got our, we got our mindset wrong. Are you focused on him this morning or is he just getting the leftovers between all the distractions? That phone is a major distraction. Whoo. I bet if you looked at some of y'all's screen time, we would know what's distracted, what kind of pest is in your garden. How can you give God anything else when you got eight hours screen time? That's the majority of the time you was awake. Now, if your screen time says Bible app, I'm proud of you. But I promise you, if we put, did a line and we, we sat it down and we showed screen time, the, the Bible app would probably not even be in the list. 
That's a distraction that the devil has put in front of you to keep you from your creator, to keep you from your priorities. We need to cut those things out. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all these other things will be added unto you. I'm going to move on from distractions because that's a message in and of itself. But I'm going to give you this one last thing before I move on. In the Song of Solomon 2.15, it says that it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Things that you may not even be, well, why are you talking about my phone right now? But it's the little things. It don't say it's the big things that keep you from God. The devil doesn't come in with these major sins and try to get you tempted to go kill somebody or to go do all these things that we know are sin. He puts these little things in front of you. The things that you don't think about. Well, it's, it's, it's really nothing. But he'll put them in front of you and he'll say, just, it's okay, spend a little time. And you start scrolling. And before you know it, two hours later, you don't, wow, where did the time go? And it's, there's nothing wrong with watching a video. But when you're watching a video more than you're talking to God, that's not just a distraction. That's an idol. Whoo. Some of your distractions have become idols and your pests have been built up with, with golden statues and you bow before them every day. Bow before your idol. Hmm. The little foxes that will spoil the vine. It's never the big things. The devil knows that he can't destroy you. So what's the next best, best thing? To keep you distracted with the small things. The day-to-day minutiae of building your kingdom instead of focusing on his. Build his kingdom and I promise you that yours will fall into place. The next attribute of the mustard seed. Speed. I think this is where a lot of Christians lose, lose out. From the time that it's put into the ground, from the time that it produces seed, somebody throw out a number. I like to keep it interactive. I'm with a youth group. I keep it interactive. How long you think? None of the youth group, they know. How long anybody think before the mustard seed produces fruit? From the time I put it in the dirt, a year, 100 days. Somebody else. 10 years. 60 days. From the time you put it into the ground to the time it's given you seed is 60 days. See, we have an entire generation of Christians who have a failure to launch. I've asked this before up here. What's the difference in a disciple and an apostle. A disciple is a student and an apostle is a teacher. And we're real good at discipleship. We're real good at creating disciples, but we have a failure of people to become an apostle. At some point, you've got to take what you got out. We have churches full of lifelong disciples The church is supposed to be a hospital, but it's turned into more of a nursing home. Or maybe even hospice, where we're just slowly nurturing people until it's time to go on to glory. That's not what it's called to be. You're sick, you're hurt, you come in, you get fixed. 
And then it's time to move on. Now you're an apostle. Now you take what little, and it's time for you to produce seed. It's time for you to produce fruit. It ain't, we're not meant to come in here and just constantly get watered. Here, take that on Sunday. Take that on Wednesday. And now you go about the rest of your life distracted. At some point, we've got to take what we've got out the doors. Once you've been saved and you have the word, it's time for you to go to work. A mustard seed isn't a mature plant at 60 days. And see, this is where most people get confused. They're like, 60 days, it's, a, it's bearing fruit, so it must be grown. Nope, that's not what it says. At 60 days, it's bearing fruit, but it's not a mature plant. It's a tiny little plant. Don't wait until you have all the answers to go to work because that day will never come. It's time to give away what you've been given at the current level that you're at. It's not yours to hold on to forever. You've got to produce fruit. This next one is one of the most important ones of a mustard seed to me. All of it is usable. The seed, the leaves, the stalk, the flowers, all of it. Mm. When it makes itself available and says it's ready to give itself away and give its fruit to, to others, when it says my time has come, complete and total surrender. It doesn't say, okay, God, I'm available for your kingdom when I'm not busy building mine. Let me look at my schedule, God, and see when I can be of use to you. Let me get finished with this scroll, God, and I may start praying then, and I may, if, as long as something else hasn't come along, and now I've got to move on. Let me look at my schedule, God. No, the mustard seed, when it comes to ready, when it has fruit to bear, it says, take all of me. Take it all. Use all of me. I'm ready. Matthew 16, 24 through 25. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and they must take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whosoever lo whoever loses their life for me will also find it. Are you willing to give up your life for what he has for you? Or will you continue to chase all those carrots that the devil keeps dangling in front of you? Well, just go after this. Just chase after this. I've got, it's pretty over here. Some of us are real good at chasing sparkly things. The next shiny thing comes along and we're like, ooh. That's the devil trying to distract you. Are you willing to give up those things and chase after him? Are you more comfortable with the things that you enjoy? Last but not least, what do you think's last? The one that we all know. Size. We see our tiny little seed. Last but not least, Jesus compared the kingdom of heaven to a mustard seed. In Matthew 13 and 31, he says, Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and become, becomes a tree 
so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. The mustard seed is tiny. It comes from small, humble beginnings. But how big do you think this plant can get? Let's keep it interactive again. How big do you think? Somebody throw a number out there. Six foot, six foot tree. 30 foot tree. That was a good guess. The mustard seed from that tiny seed can grow up to a 30 foot tall tree. 30 feet wide, 30 feet tall. I, I would venture to say that's probably the height of this room. Pastor Jason, what's the height in the ceiling in here? 40? 40? Hey, he don't know. <laughs> he just threw a number out there too. I'm keeping it interactive. We just throw numbers out there. Okay? I would say... He said 30, 40. Okay, so we're going to say the tree can get the size of this room. From that tiny seed, 30 feet wide, 30 feet tall. And it says it can be a pillar to all who stand before it. Something small and insignificant grows to become something that others can depend on and use as shelter. Don't discount yourself. You can make a difference. Jesus took 12 people and changed the course of history in the world. I promise you, you can affect change in your family, in your coworkers, in your community. He needs an individual who will step up and say, I can. I am somebody. I am a pillar. I will be what the people around me need to have shelter, to have all these things, to have all, to, to be protected. Are you that somebody in others' life? I am somebody. Not with a cockiness, but a spirit of expectation that God can do something great through you. Not you, him working through you. Not because of you, not because of your, but because of your willingness to be used even in your immaturity and your imperfection. See, it doesn't say we get fruit from the 30-foot tree. We may get fruit from a six-inch sprout. At no point are you too young or too old to produce. Don't lose sight of that. At no point in your walk, if you're still living and breathing, you have a calling, you have a gifting, and you have something placed inside of you. We have a tendency to sit back and we look around and we see things falling apart and we see people doing wrong things and we see homelessness and starvation and people that are depressed and need help. Suicides happening all around us. The world falling apart. And we talk about it and we're like, God, what's going on? We blame God sometimes. Why do you let the devil do this? Why do you let all this take place? We look around the church and we ask, why is this ministry not in place? Why don't we have this? Or why don't they do that? And it's easy to look around and see all the things that need to take place. Why don't they do that? And we look at God and we say, God, why are you letting this stuff happen? When in reality, the Bible says that we are the hands and feet of God. And God is looking back at us and he's asking, why have you never stepped into the greatness that you were called 
And why didn't you do anything about it yourself? If you saw something and you thought it wasn't right and you see all these things, why didn't you step into it? Why didn't you do something about it? You're an extension of me. I've called you to be something. I've called you to do something. But you're just standing there talking about it. There's no such thing as the calling of complaint. But some of us, we're real good at that. God is saying, why didn't you do it? At what point do we quit giving all the excuses in the world to why we can't act and we step up and say, enough is enough. I'm ready to serve his kingdom and not mine. You are the change that you've been looking for. God created you on purpose and for a purpose. I'm going to close it out with this story. There was a story about Jesus and his disciples and they were going from one town to the next. I think they were leaving Bethany. They were headed to Jerusalem and it said Jesus was hungry. He had probably, he was just doing great and mighty things. So Jesus was hungry. I feel that. I know what it's like to be hungry. They're walking along this path and they see a fig tree in the distance. He was hungry, so he was excited to see it off in the distance. How many of y'all ever been hungry and you've been driving down the road and you finally get to one of those exits that has the, you know what I'm saying, all the little, all the little food signs on it? You're like, yes, Lord. It's a promised land. They felt it. They know. That's where Jesus was. He hit the exit sign and he was like, do I take a left or a right to the fig tree? He got to the fig tree. When he got to the fig tree, what do you think he did? He ate a fig. Wrong. It goes with my, you thought. That's what he should have done. He gets to the fig tree. What'd he do? Nothing. Because the fig tree had no figs. It was this fig tree's moment in time. Its creator was standing in front of it, calling forth the gifts that it had placed into it. As he stood in front of it and he called his fruit forth, the fig tree hadn't created the fruit that it was created to produce. It was its moment. It was its destiny. It was its purpose. It had been created on purpose and for a purpose with a calling and now its creator was there standing in front calling forth the gifts that had been placed inside it and there was an expectation there that a fig tree would produce figs. That's why y'all said he ate it. But he couldn't eat it. So he walked up to that fig tree with an expectation that it would fill its purpose. But the fig tree missed its moment. It was full of calling. It was full of purpose. It was full of potential. But when the master came hungry, it had no fruit. I could have been at that point if he hadn't stepped up and called it out of me. I could have continued to say, no, I'm not doing that. I don't, I don't get on stage. I get nervous. That's not, that's not my calling. You want me to do what? 
That's, that's not comfortable with me. My flesh doesn't like that. Lord, I'm not going to step into that. I refuse to accept that calling. Give me something else. That's where the fig tree was. It said it had leaves and it looked beautiful. It was leaving. It had leaves and it was giving the signals that it had fruit. But it had no fruit. It missed its moment. When the master came hungry, had no fruit for him. The Bible says that you can judge a tree by the fruit it bears. That tree wasn't fruitful and had no purpose. Therefore, it was no longer useful to the creator. It says that when it failed to produce what it was created to produce, that Jesus cursed it. Some of you are like, oh, what? It was no longer necessary. Jesus looked at the bush and said, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. You tell he wasn't just hungry, he was hangry. <laughs> what happened to the fig tree? It says that the fig tree withered up and died. It missed its moment. Don't miss your moment. When he looks at you, he sees you with that same expectation for greatness that he saw in that fig tree. He knew the fruit that it was capable of, of producing because he created it to be what it was. When he looks at each and every one of us, he sees the callings and the gifts and the talents that he's placed inside of us. When he looked at that tree, he knew what it was capable of. When he called me to this, he knew what I was capable of. Even if I felt like I shouldn't be here, even if it made me uncomfortable, he saw me for what he created me for. Even if I feel like I shouldn't be here. That's where some of you are at this morning. You're sitting in this room right now. All in this room, there are fruits that have never been brought to bear. There are giftings and callings that have lied in dormant inside you for too long. At some point, God will move on and he will find somebody who will. We are in end times where th I feel like things are about to get accelerated and things are going to move faster and faster and faster. And he needs people that say, I don't care what the atmosphere around me is like. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to step up and I'm going to produce fruit for you, whether it makes me feel good or not. Whether I feel like I'm called, whether I feel like I should be there, whether I know what's inside me or not. There are preachers and teachers and singers and musicians and greeters and missionaries all in this room. Sitting in this room right now. And if Jesus was standing before you right now, would he see fruit on your tree? If Jesus stood right in front of you and he knew what he created you for and he knew the things that he had placed in your life and he knew the callings that he gave you and that he gave you and he's looking at you in the way that he created you and he's looking at you seeing all the callings and the potential and the giftings that he's put into your life. Would he see those fruits falling from your tree? See, Pastor Jeff, he's got a calling to preach and to be a shepherd. 
God sees that. If he walked up to them, he would see those giftings and he would see all the things that he's poured into them and he would say, well done, good and faithful servant. I see you moving and I see you acting and I see you doing, but where are your fruits this morning? If I went around and every person in the room, I said, what are your fruits? Are you acting on your fruits? Are you producing those fruits? When was the last time you did something for God? And Jesus was standing right here and he was calling those fruits forth. Where would he be at? Would he still be hungry? Or maybe a little hangry? You showed up this morning, so you look leafy. But it's all show. Where's the fruit? He said, at some point, I will find somebody who will. You have what it takes to make a difference as a mustard seed. Tough, resilient, opportunistic, resourceful, and ready to be used. Does that sound like your faith and walk with God this morning?